So I know we took like a brief two to three week hiatus. I wanted to give a huge shout out to Get Like Coop and Mike Corzemba after pleading with them for days and days and days. They decided to take me back and uh, welcome to Laced Up. I'm your boy Flight Mike here with Get Like Coop. <laughs> I'm still not sure if we should bring you back, honestly. Get Like Mike was a great podcast name. Me oh, Coop come had on. It. Oh come on! Oh, that, actually man. Sounds, that actually sounds crazy. Like no. Cap, what are you guys crazy. doing? What? No. That's like a no, Jordan no. pun. Well, but yeah. like get like Mike. We could do get like Mike, and I'm here. We could do get like flight Mike. You know, like. Uh... Nah, you spell it funny. I don't like it. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. What do you mean? Are you supposed to? Spell? All right, fine for sure. All right, well, do, I don't think we should discuss business on the podcast, guys. But um, you know what? We'll let the comments decide. If you guys want Mike to stay, comment down below. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> bro wow there's gonna be a war down there kidding i'm be... kidding <laughs> there's gonna be comments going back at me like you know shut up Corzemba. So, yeah of course yeah it's like yeah we want the other mic out like <laughs> well it's uh good to be back guys uh missed you guys very much so and uh I'm sure while Mike and I were taking our vacations and Coop was doing Get Like Coop stuff, you, I'm sure we all kept an eye out on probably the best NBA storyline of the offseason. And probably the strangest, by the way, like super freaking strange. The Ben Simmons situation. Have you guys been following up with that? Because it went from, yeah, I don't know if I want to be here to... Hey, I want you to trade me to something like significantly uglier. Yeah, I've been um, pretty tapped in with the Ben Simmons situation. And I mean, I'm kind of at the point to where, you know, I, I just want him to move. Because like as a Pelicans fan, when we had Anthony Davis, it reached the point to where like I no longer cared if we got the best package. I just wanted that guy gone. But I still wanted a nice package, too. I was going to say, it must have been really frustrating because, like, when the Pelicans got the number one overall pick, did you think, oh, there's no way that Anthony Davis leaves? Like, you know, the Zion was hyped up to be, like, a transcendent player with a similar, not, I'd say a similar hype level. No one's ever had as much hype as LeBron James. I'd say a, a little, little bit underneath that. So the fact that you guys got the number one overall pick in the lottery were you expecting that Anthony Davis would say, oh, snap, like we got Zion, like maybe I should consider staying? Uh, I thought there was a small chance he might stay. But at the same time, I'm not one of those guys that wants you to continue wasting your career after like seven years. Like as a fan, I felt like we needed a reset, too, because it's obvious we weren't doing a good enough job, even though we got Boogie and, uh, you know, we got some more pieces. But outside of that, it's like it, it was obvious that we weren't going anywhere. So it's not, it's like, AD, like, you're my guy. Uh, you know, I love you playing for New Orleans, but we don't got to keep wasting your career. Like, you know, as a fan, sometimes you want that reset too. You don't want to stay in mediocrity. You want some yeah. young new talent. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, well, the thing with, the thing with you guys is with, with Anthony Davis, first of all, you know, Lucky you, you get Zion and Anthony Davis. It was kind of like you got, you know, a second chance here. But with Anthony Davis, I'm with you. I mean, in terms of like, you don't want to be the, you know, stuck in the middle in the NBA ever. You want to be going towards one side or the other, especially if you're considered a small market team where you kind of just have to build through the draft and build through, you know, uh, savvy free agent moves because you don't have, you're not the Lakers, you're not the Miami Heat where you can just, you know, 
every so often pull off a bunch of great free agents and completely change your team around. So, I mean, I'm happy with you guys, you know, trading uh, ADOA, even though it did get give Mike a uh, championship. I didn't want to but, do that though. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, 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 did, I didn't expect to go that far. But. That was that was the only problem. But yeah, I think yeah, yeah. it was definitely smart. Are we still now, counting that ring though? Is like the bubble ring like a legit thing, or is that like I mean, one of those Mickey Mouse rings that people talk about? I, I'm confused. I, I'm just saying what I see online. Now comments don't get mad at me. I just see people calling it. A all Mickey right, every Mouse ring, ring. Um, every ring counts. Be every ring right, counts. I would like to point, like they would, you know, people were going Mickey Mouse ring at the time, and then, I mean, it's tough, like. Ba just based on NBA championships, everyone loves to play the injury game, the circumstance game, whatever. At the end of the day, one team advanced past everyone else and won the championship. All right. To be, to so, be honest, you could even make an argument that that championship was harder to win, if anything. Like, yeah, the Lakers came and they did their thing and they steamrolled. But if you look at the Eastern Conference, like the Miami Heat were the best team out of that conference. And maybe given the circumstances, both of those teams were the most prepared to make it to the finals. I'd say maybe maybe from a mental aspect, but, you know, I, I guess you got to factor that in. But, like, uh, even Giannis has gone on record and been like, you know, like, the bubble, uh, you know, our minds were elsewhere. Uh, I, we weren't solely focused on basketball, you know. Uh, when you think about it, you know, I know these guys make a lot of money and, um, you know, they're very lucky to be able to do what they do. But uh, like you said, uh, you could say it was harder. The bubble was a hard time for everybody. So you can't really discount that. But I mean, it's it's hard to uh, it, I, don't, I don't know. It's just a weird environment for me. Yeah, of course. It's a very weird environment. And the fact that the Lakers won, you can make an argument like Mickey Mouse ring because it was a weird NBA season. It got pushed over to like October. You know, they everyone took a little break. People weren't able to come back prepared. But at the same time, hey, man. the teams that did come back prepared. I'm going to be the bad guy this podcast. Screw it. For Dude. me, for me, I just got to be the bad guy. I mean, I'm going to get hate anyways. I mean, I might as well. I might as well earn it. You know what I'm saying? So. For me, um, we got NBA championships, and then we got the bubble. Uh. So, so we got bubble championships. You know what I'm saying? Remember Jason Tatum? He said uh, uh, in the bubble, guys was hooping like they don't normally hoop. Completely different environment. I don't know if I, I don't know if I count it with the with the same NBA champion. It's a championship all the same. But I'm just saying, you know, we got the bubble. And then we got NBA championships. So that that um, that Nuggets Utah Jazz series had like super. I'm gonna choose my like words carefully, but like super high end like Drew League LA Fitness energy. Yeah, where, like you know, like super high end where you like Jamal Murray was going off for fifty. Donovan Mitchell was going off himself. Like yeah, they're going they, back and forth. Like yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> like a lot of those bubble breakout guys, they didn't continue to take that drastic step. That they had uh, apparently taken in the NBA bubble. I'd say Donovan Mitchell did, but Jamal no, Murray no, no, never... no. Mitchell was already a star. We're not. I'm not talking about him. Murray got uh, Murray got like an ACL injury, so but like TJ yeah. Warren, yeah. But before he was hurt, he wasn't having a crazy season at all. TJ <laughs> Warren's a good example of the against, but Devin Booker is a good example of the four. Devin Booker, you know. Bubble Dev, remember? Like he well, was but freaking... Book was already still a monster, though. Like I'm talking about guys that really took a leap. Like to, you can't like... say Devin Booker didn't take a leap when. No, 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 what... no, no. You didn't let me finish. I you cut me off before I said to start him. You cut me off before. Well, TJ Warren that. still averaged like 20 a game before He's that. He's not a star like... though. Yo, TJ Warren was still cooking this season. 
I don't know what he averaged this season, but he averaged like 20. He's averaged around 20 a game before. So, all right. This season, Fair he played enough. four games. Yeah. So, oh. so oh, I don't damn. think it counts. Yeah, that's it counts. tough. Yeah, that's kind of tough. You know, sorry, sorry, TJ, for not knowing enough about your career. For But us still, <laughs> he wasn't doing what he was doing in the bubble, bro. 20 is not like 30, 40 a game. All right. And I'm just saying, I'm just saying that what with what you're saying, all right, Devin Booker, the Suns hadn't done anything in his entire time with the team, despite him playing well. And now then he went and led them on an undefeated streak. And then they continued them and that momentum up well, and I'm went to the NBA championship. That book was already that guy. The team played better. Yeah, I'm talking Dude, about individual he, you performances. Can't, you can't say he was that guy if he's ever made the playoffs. Yes, you can. Like, How? See, now you can't you, call you, anyone that guy. You definitely can the call them that guy. So Book wasn't that guy just because he didn't make the playoffs. That's what you're saying? Absolutely. Never made the playoffs. That's crazy. Ever? That's crazy. That's the playoffs are a team accomplishment. It's not on Book to drag them to every play. The Suns were bad. You know, you know, Devin Booker's still never been just straight up chosen for an all-star game. He's been Dude, an injury replacement. That's dirty. And that's dirty. And that's dirty. I don't agree with that. The NBA needs to get that together. I'm sticking so, by so, my, with my statement of that. But Devin Booker rode momentum from the bubble to here. Sure, he was still good. But what? again, TJ Warren was averaging like 20 a game the season before. But bubble TJ Warren. I understand TJ Warren was. But yeah, That's what yeah, I'm saying. He that's had a hot streak. Saying. Jeremy Lin had a hot streak. Jeremy. I think that's a little bit different, though. Jeremy that's Lin's definitely different. Was like a combination of the Mike D'Antoni off. Because basketball players, because NBA players say that the bubble was a completely different playing field, a completely different environment. I'm with you're you. You're not just arguing know. with me. You're arguing with Jason Tatum. You're arguing with more players that played the game. So I'm just saying what they saying, man. That's all I'm saying. TJ Warren ended the bubble, you know, in the playoffs, averaging exactly 20 a game and shot 47% in the playoffs. You know what's he had a hot streak. Yes, he had he, a hot streak. <laughs> he had Danny Ainge convinced too because Danny Ainge didn't trade Gordon uh. Hayward to the Pacers because they didn't want to include TJ Warren in a package with uh, Miles Turner. TJ Warren still only averaged, with a 53-point game, he averaged 31 points a game in the bubble. Hey, he ain't dropped 50 cents though. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Hey, so don't, so don't talk to me. He ain't dropped 56. He did not look at the stats, and he's going, oh, wow, they're not as good as I no, thought No, I am looking were. at the stats. No, he did. They were not I, as you're saying this is a 20. You're saying 12, 39, 16, 32, 34, and 53 average to – that averages to 20? How does that average Bro, to 20? you could – if you – Oh, you're talking about 14? the playoffs. You're talking about the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, I said the playoffs. Now you're, you're, like, you're like nitpicking. You're like, well, he's still nitpicking? only averaging – Nitpicking? That's the one. No, that's because, the no but look, look, look. You said he only averaged 20. You said he only averaged 20. I said in the and, playoffs. Yeah, in the playoffs. And then you said with his 53 points per – with his 53-point game, he only averaged 20. That's not true. That's good. No, that's not different. what I said. I said he only averaged 31. How, oh, how was wrong only that? averaged 31? That's a ton. <laughs> uh, Hold on. How much did he actually average? He averaged – well, whatever. He averaged over 30. I said with a 53-point game. That's still a lot. He, 31's a lot. You can't say only average he averaged 31. 30. It's a six-game sample size. I hate when people do that in fantasy football, too. They're like, oh, if you take away his longest run, he only averaged 3.3 yards per Have carry. you heard like, of mean, median, and mode? You take away the top of a sample size to get the actual... No, Corzimba, this is my first time. Thank you. Can you explain it to me? This is my first time hearing about me. Well, you have mode. a six-game sample size. Guys, 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 we are selling lectures now on Laced Up. You're trying to lecture me, and I'm standing Corzimba, strong you're here. the one that just said, do you know about me, median, and mo? Well, I'm just saying, if you take that one 53-point game, 
throughout if you take out that 153 point game if you take out isaiah thomas's 130 point game he never averaged 30 what i mean that's a 30 point game i meant season if you take out his 130 point per game season signal that's a whole season i'm talking about six games 10 total with the free playoffs just saying man um, the I'm bubble just was saying. different. The bubble was different. Players will tell. Players the funny will tell thing you is, that. I agree with this statement in general. I agree with that statement in general. It's just once I pulled up TJ Warren's stats, it was fun to. Argue and you found with a 53 point game. Yeah, it was. Well, it was you all knew that we know he I dropped mean, Kev- 53. I mean, Kevin Porter Jr. dropped a 50 point game this past year. How are you putting stock into that? That wasn't He's in the goat. bubble either. Nobody's ever Lou questioned Dork. Kevin Porter Jr.'s talent. I mean, what about Lou Dort? He's he's got some things going on. Luke, this was Luke a Dork? weird. This was a weird NBA season. This was a weird NBA season. I'll say that. Um, All right, are we talking about Ben Simmons? What? Yeah. This. This. Remember when we? Remember when we said? Let's. No, 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 no. You know what? I want to hear what Flight Mike has to say. What about? No, Luke because Dork? I mean, like, what he had a forty-two point game against the Utah Jazz. He had four steals in that game as well. So, like, I mean, he's on a bad team. Like, somebody's got to score. I mean, maybe the re- maybe the reason why TJ Warren went off for fifty points was because wasn't Victor Oladipo out during that time? They needed someone to step up. Could be circumstantial. Couldn't necessarily be a bubble thing. But then, if it was a bubble thing, why did he only average twenty in the playoffs? I'm just saying. Well, the Heat are a really good defensive team. He probably had Jimmy Butler on him. Like what? Oh, Jimmy Butler's not good at defense now. The Heat were not a good <laughs> defensive team. Well, you said he, you said he was me. different. You said he was different, but he averaged twenty a game in the playoffs. So. So this Ben Simmons guy, guys, well, no, no, just to close things off, guys, please let us know in the comment section down below. Like, uh, do you think the bubble affected people scoring? I like to, I'm standing by it. I agree. It did. No, I'm, I'm standing by that. I agree. It did. <laughs> yeah. Me and Chris Zimba just having fun. But before we go any further on this topic, the flight Mike literally had a video where he called, uh, I think he said, uh, Tyler Hero is having a better something than Stephen Curry. That's what the Wait. bubble was doing to guys. Whoa, you whoa, you whoa, forgot whoa. about this take? You forgot about this? I, I never forgot about this. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh said, my God. I'll find the video. We can All right, find the video. Old takes no, no, exposed. No, 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 find the video. You know, you can't just be coming out here and saying, uh, you know, I had like a 50 inch vertical video of my own. Like, come on, hold on. Maybe, I got... maybe you changed the title. Yeah. I'd love to point out that at the time of my Steph Curry video, all of the comments were, wow, I can't believe how right you are. So you know what? I should have have screenshotted them all. I have a video saying Tyler Hero wasn't supposed to be this good this fast. You changed the title. You changed yeah, the I title. Whoa, 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 I know you changed the title. If, if that. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I did, I did no such thing. I did no such thing. Yeah, you never I, changed the title. You, you, you don't, you don't see me crashing into like uh, fences when I see Tyler Hero. He had a good that he was like, look, there was hype around Tyler Hero because. He wasn't supposed to be this good this fast. It was a 19-year-old doing stuff that you don't expect a 19-year-old to do. Obviously, he took a little bit of a step back this year, but it was very impressive at the time. Very impressive. Jack Harlow made a song about him. Dude was all the rage last year. Jack Harlow. Yeah, Jack Harlow. So anyway, back to our main discussion. What do you guys think about Jack Harlow? Um, He was great in Industry Baby. Uh, No, I'm kidding. Let's get to... You know his skill. I'm talking about his skills on the court. Oh, here we go. Here we go. No, 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 no,
Go to the what? go look go look in the chat. Go look in the chat. Go look in the chat. Oh my god. Go look in the what? chat. Go look in the chat. We don't forget. We get like Coop Enterprises. Don't forget. Coop is coming with so much energy. Tyler Hero did something that Steph Curry never could do. Yeah, what's your point? We should do a live stream where we all just one by one react to a compilation of our worst takes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I would love that. Yeah, we probably should. Uh, like literally it's just going and just, oh man, that would be crazy. I think he had a game where like he actually did something that Steph Curry never did in an NBA final. So but it's saying very that particular Steph could with that never title. do that is like, yo. No, no, no. I mean, it's, I mean, I meant never did in the past. Then you should have said never did instead of never could do. You said never could do though. Honestly, that title is, that title works like in terms of like, it's pretty simple to get around that. You know, you go Tower Hero dropped. I'm just making this up. 34 points on April 7th as a 20 year old. Steph didn't. So Steph never could. Yeah, Steph could never drop 34 points as a 20 year old because he never did. But people like <laughs> took it the wrong way, man. People take uh, it so literally. You know what like, you did. nah, bro. Nah. Like, nah. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Hold on a second. You just said, what? To, to me going. Yeah, Tower Hero dropped 34 points on a random game in April as a 20 I forgot what it was. Steph never did it. And you're like, yeah, that was the idea. I got. I don't want to watch the video in the middle of the podcast, but like he did something in particular that Steph Curry never did in the finals. And that's why, what I based the title off of. That's the, it. The disrespect, man. And why yeah. is Jason Tatum crying? <laughs> because... <laughs> Why is Jason Tatum? Was this in the finals? Maybe maybe it was in the Eastern. What? Jason was Tatum like, wasn't in the finals? No, no. Maybe this was before the finals. Yeah, it was probably Eastern Conference finals. Yes, yeah, it, it was like Eastern Conference finals, probably. Of course, Jason Tatum's crying if like Tyler Hero kicked his ass in the Eastern Conference finals. Oh, I, I know what it was. You guys are going to destroy me if I fucking told you what it was, though. Oh, my no, God. No, you got to say, say it now. We're here now. First of all, you just threw a random shot at me. You were like, oh, a 50-inch vertical, blah, blah, blah. I heard whoa, you. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. You throw random shots at me all the time. Um, look, I'm just trying to get right, you, you drunk. All right, all right, all right, all right. I'm, I'm going to say it, and then I might have to run away from what your guys' reaction is, because I remember why I said he did something that Steph Curry never could do. So Go ahead. What all right, so, so this was a game where he dropped 37 points off of 5 of 10 shooting from 3 in the Eastern Conference Finals. He did something that Steph Curry will never do in, in his entire career, and that's dropping 37 points in the Eastern Conference Finals. Bye! Wait, wait for Steph to come to the Knicks. Bro, if he comes to the Knicks, like, I, I thought that was going to be way worse. How did, <laughs> but, but, like, uh, it was the Eastern Conference Finals. Steph's never going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, you can take that to, oh my you can take that to the bank. You could take that to the bank. We could do that about anyone. Oh my I God. know, but that's what I did. I'm that's what I did. making video with Luca and LeBron. Just LeBron James will never do this. I mean, LeBron made it to the Western Conference Finals too and the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, so guys, before we uh, get into the Ben Simmons stuff again, which we we're supposed to, but I guess we just had a lot to talk about before that, like with the Pelicans and whatnot. Um, I wanted to let you guys know we're going to be doing bonus pods and a live stream for our Laced Up Gold and Laced Up Silver members. All you have to do to enter is just go to the channel memberships. It's really, really cheap to join. And as a result, you could join our um, 
Discord as well and ask us questions from there. We want to start featuring your questions on the pods and also follow us on our laced up Twitter. I'm going to be running personally multiple NBA 2K22 giveaways on that Twitter account. And that's going to be another means for you guys to ask us questions for free. But we're obviously going to prioritize those that join as members, either laced up silver or laced up gold. So, guys, um, this Ben Simmons stuff. This is something that like I was constantly looking at over the offseason. Started out really freaking innocent. You know, Ben Simmons had a really bad game. We've seen it a billion times. Against, um, well, we've seen his inadequacies a billion times in different forms over the five years that he was in the NBA. This was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. He had a horrible showing against the Atlanta Hawks. As a result, his head coach pretty much threw him under the bus and it kind of snowballed. Next thing you know, we're getting reports that Ben Simmons is ghosting the Philadelphia 76ers. And then from there, multiple sources are also saying are, are confirming that it went from sketchy source to more legitimate source to the athletic reporting upon it. And from there, it gets a little crazy because you're hearing Ben wants to play for three like different California teams, which means either the Lakers, the Clippers, the Kings or the Warriors. You're hearing the Warriors having discussions about it, but not being really sure because of his fit next to Draymond Green. Now it's gone to this insane point where Ben Simmons is not showing up to training camp. He could lose a ton of money in an NFL style holdout during training camp. Rich Paul's getting involved. It's a mess, man, because how do you navigate the situation if you're one, Ben Simmons, you're on a team you don't want to be. Two, if you're the Philadelphia 76ers, you, this is a former number one overall pick whose value is at an all-time low. And three, what do you think is going to happen from here, guys? Well, I would. I just want to point this out very quickly. And you know what, Coop? <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But we've got Yahoo yesterday. We've got NBA rumors. Ben Simmons has drawn trade offer from Dark Horse team. And in this story, this man goes through the teams that, you know, have already offered Ben, like are, have already been in the news. For instance, Timberwolves, Warriors, you know, uh, Blazers, even uh, the Pacers with uh, Malcolm Brogdon very early on. And he says two teams come in mind for this category of a dark horse team that has not made an offer. Number one is the Detroit Pistons. And number two is the New Orleans Pelicans. Ben Simmons and Zion. Doesn't sound great. Honestly, I don't love it. Coop, what do you, what do you think? I mean, um, what do you- if, if we were at that point of desperation, I could, <laughs> think, of, I could think of worse. Um, I actually, I, I like Ben. I think he's going to um, surprise a few people this upcoming season, but uh, yeah, Ben and Zion, that's uh, that's not the most ideal lineup. I mean, he was just playing with Steven Adams, so, you know, I mean, I, there's that, and the offense worked at times, and at times it didn't. It's just a giant mess. I actually like the direction of our team right now. I like Devontae Graham from Charlotte. I thought he was mad overrated. They, uh, Charlotte kept bringing in guards, and you know, Graham kind of became an afterthought, a high-level player. I, I like the addition of Trey Murphy, 6'9", a guy that can shoot the lights out of the basketball, 3 and D guy. If you could defend in this league at 6'9", and knock down an open three, uh, you're a $100 million guy. Uh, Jonas, Val Jonas Valanciunas, somebody that can stretch the floor and upgrade over Steven Adams, you know. Uh, then you got Nikhil. I, I don't want to give up any more assets 
right now because I like what we have. And I really want to just take a season to see the young guys ball out, to see what this team really looks like without, you know, all of that pressure of going win now on it. Because if you trade for Ben Simmons, I mean, there's already like, you know, enough speculation going on in New Orleans. If you trade for Ben, one thing that's definitely going to happen is all eyes are going to be on you. And I even feel that way, even being in New Orleans. Honestly, I have a huge issue with the Pelicans trading for Ben Simmons. And that's the fact that I think they struck gold this past year with um, going five out with Zion Williamson as the primary ball handler. I think that's a huge reason why they didn't want to bring Lonzo Ball back because they used Lonzo Ball as a spot up shooter and he was a great spot up shooter. But I think you're getting like maybe 40 or 50 percent of what Lonzo Ball actually is. We didn't necessarily struggle. I think our offense was actually like top five with point Zion, even with Steven Adams. So, so yeah. Uh, so, you know, Zion's got like his own gravity where somehow it doesn't matter what the spacing is like. He's going to get his. It's not like the new 2K where you can't get something up in the paint with Zion. He's always finding a way to make something shake. In this instance, too, how do you use Ben Simmons? I mean, Ben Simmons is typically the primary ball handler. So how does that exactly work? You bring Ben Simmons and then maybe run a similar system as to what they did in Houston with CP3 and James Harden. Eh, I yeah, don't I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I, 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 I don't like it, but I don't like the fit at all. Yeah, I feel I like, like I feel like everything with the Pelicans that would be wrong with. Okay. So, you know, what the Golden State Warriors at this point in time, people, the main thing is that Ben Simmons and Draymond, like how would that work out? How would that possibly work? I like, like that you know? better. I like that a yeah, lot Yeah, exactly. I'm saying that is you, at least you have, you take that team, you surround them with shooters. I'm assuming, you know, Wiseman's gone in that situation because you have to give up, you know, pieces for Ben. But so, yeah, there's that. The Pelicans with combining Zion and Ben, that just, it doesn't feel like that fits. It feels like, at like yeah, I mean you would what be starting Bennett small forward because you can't start yeah. Zion at center. And one thing that gets swept under the rug is I don't necessarily I wouldn't necessarily feel bad for Zion. I would feel more um, for the Pelicans guards and Brandon Ingram who make a living out of creating for the from the perimeter but also getting to the basket. Uh, Brandon Ingram had to deal with Stephen Adams and Zion kind of clogging the, the paint uh, last year, even though Zion still does have a gravity to where people play him respectively kind of close because you can't give him a head start going to the basket. But uh, obviously, like not an ideal situation for B.I. or our guards. Do you see Zion playing more minutes at the center position? I don't know if I like that. Um. Yeah, he's like 6'7", six, 6'6". Six, six. Uh, you know, point center is a thing in 2021, but I I like my centers to be rim protectors. Maybe I'm a little more traditional, uh, you know, or I like my centers to be uh, guys that are three and D players who can play a little bigger. So like a DeAndre Hunter or like Nicholas Batum, like what the Los Angeles Clippers did. That's one reason I was so high on them is because of uh, Batum and Kawhi's and Paul George's versatility. So I, I, I just don't know how I would feel with uh, Zion and center. And obviously, uh, for the Denver Nuggets, Jokic has worked amazingly at center. And he's not a great rim protector at all. But he kind of has became more willing 
to defend and protect the rim even a little bit. So I, I, don't, I just don't know how I feel about that. What do you guys think? Um, I don't think in today's NBA, you're seeing more and more that the rim protector isn't necessarily a sought after commodity, like a high end sought after commodity. It's typically a role player. Like for example, you look at players like DeAndre Jordan, I don't, is Andre Drummond a rim protector? I'm, I'm really unsure. Um, DeAndre Jordan, no. Dwight Howard's a little <laughs> bit old. Yeah, like I was about to say. The thing is, um, rim protectors change trajectories of teams. Look at Rudy Gobert, look at Clint Capella. Uh, but there's only a handful of those guys. Like maybe yeah. the next up and coming one's Jarrett Allen, but. Oh, in, he's nice, yeah. But like, that's like a traditional rim now, protector. So yeah. Who drafted Evan Mobley as well? I don't get it, but you, it really depends on um, if this is a rim protector that could actually like isn't traditional, like kind of like Miles Turner, where he could step out and shoot the three, or like James Wiseman, who also uh, who could develop into that elite rim protector. I don't think he's elite yet. Um, then I do think it's fantastic for a team to have one of those. But in the case of a DeAndre Jordan or a Dwight Howard, or in this case, we're, we're talking about Zion Williamson, which I don't really see as a rim protector. Um, I don't think it's 100% necessary, um, mainly because you're seeing more and more that these centers need to at least have some semblance of an adequate perimeter defensive game like an ability to that's what makes anthony davis so special right because he's a remarkable rim protector but he has no problem closing out um, if the man whoa. he's defending is did you watch shooting the from the perimeter um yeah, in the hawks in the hawks i would say you know clint capella has no perimeter game they're still did very well with him. Man, CP uh, CP3 was frying Lopez every screen, but you know, they they lost. <laughs> so, I think this I don't want to discredit the Bucks, but this NBA season was a, a little bit unique in the sense that we saw a lot of injuries as well. So, well, this is why I, I don't want to discredit the bubble because you could say I mean, okay, technically yes, is this NBA season the probably the is the worst with injuries? Sure. I mean, if you go back in time, though, if you give LeBron, Kevin Love in the NBA Finals against the Warriors back in the day, back in the day, I mean, a few years ago, basically, uh, if the Golden State Warriors are healthy against the Toronto Raptors, you know, it happens every single year. So was this year more extreme with injuries? Sure. But I just feel like, I mean, when it comes to that, there's just literally nothing you could do other than just count the championship. So I just hate that discussion because it's like, why does it pop up every single year? It's like, oh, should we count the championship in 10 years? I mean, people will, will remember the bubble. Sure. But, you know, like 10, 20 years, like, I mean, you couldn't tell me right now. OK, 2021. So you couldn't tell me right now if anyone was injured in the 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004, 2005 playoffs that caused that was a game changing injury. That cost the team a championship. I'm sure. I'm sure there was at least a few teams out there that you know at least had either easier paths or something. Um, in terms of Zion, I would be interested in seeing him uh, play some center and just see it as a you know a wrinkle in the Pelicans lineup and see if they can have success with it. Of course, that depends on the shooting around him, but. I would be interested. I just looked on cleaningtheglass.com and Zion played only 8% of his minutes at the center spot this year, but that's up from last year where he played 4%. And 
And this year, he actually, in those 8% of his minutes, was pretty phenomenal. He actually played way better at center. Of course, incredibly small sample size because it only was 8% of the minutes. But he did play really well at center, and so did the team. Like, all of the numbers that I'm looking at, they're all very positive. So, uh, if I was the Pelicans, I would at least give it a shot. See if I, The thing is, I don't think there. you go all in with him at center. So with Zion at center, um, you know, small sample size, uh, regardless of what the numbers say, I wouldn't take those as uh, anything to run with. But I, what I will say is Zion at center is a great card to have. And it's, it's definitely something to try out. I would like to see him play the center position situationally. And depending on the matchup, I would not be opposed to going to Zion at center because there's definitely something there the guy is a mismatch he's strong if you could get him to buy in on defense i think that zion can be a pretty nice defender so you know uh, fortunately the pelicans they have a lot of options one thing that uh they also have the potential to do is you know i talked about the clippers earlier with uh with with uh, with uh their their versatility they uh the pelicans have a lot of wings now they got a lot of guys that can play bigger so they could have some of these bigger guys guard centers and just let zion rock out and be zion honestly i think it's something that like you should do if you have a versatile forward like zion it's honestly the thing that i was the most excited for when the lakers got lebron james but obviously LeBron has like two inches on Zion Williamson. But Zion, I think, could be as is like similar in the sense that he's extremely physically imposing. Um, it's definitely worth a shot. But also, that's kind of why I don't see him and Ben Simmons fitting together on a team, because both of them would pretty much occupy the same exact role. Uh, I also don't think that's the uh, dark horse trade candidate that uh, Corzemba is referring to. I think... On my article, it was Pelicans and Pistons. Really? I, I'm looking at the article. Pistons? But, like, the Pistons just drafted Cade. Isn't Cade... It said... Okay, because here's the reasoning. All right, so Brian Windhorst reported on the scoop with Coop. You can definitely see why teams would have interest in him and why small market teams wouldn't necessarily be able to sign a player like this, like the Wolves, and would have a lot of interest. Because how else are you going to sign a player like this with four years left on his contract? Windhorst, I don't mean to be invasive. I'm just, I've just got to be careful with what I say. I know of at least one other team who is a small market team that has made an offer for him and has a lot of interest in him. It just hasn't gotten public yet. So every team that we've heard an, an offer from, and this was from a day ago, every team we've heard an offer from, he's saying they, they are not that team. It's interesting because I think out of all teams, like my ranking for the teams that are most likely to trade for him is one, probably the Timberwolves. Two would be maybe the Cavalier. No, not not even the Cap. Well, so what do you think is the Timberwolves package looking like? I feel it, like, OK, that's a, that raises a good question. All right. I did a Twitter poll and it was split 50 50. Would you trade D'Angelo Russell for Ben Simmons? All right. I would. I, if I'm the Timberwolves, I'm trading D'Angelo Russell for Ben Simmons. If I'm, I'm taking the Anthony Edwards for sure. Yeah, I'm taking Anthony Edwards, uh, Ben Simmons, Cat, and I'm running with it. The thing now, is, would probably Philly also ask for like Malik Beasley or something? Sure, 
But yeah, I mean, I would. I'm trading D'Angelo Russell. I, I think it's. I think they're crazy if they don't do not include D'Angelo Russell, and are like, yeah, try to just give us D'Angelo. You know, make it D'Angelo, Anthony Edwards, Cat, and Ben Simmons. It's just never gonna happen. Someone's gonna come over the top and offer something. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon was already offered. I think. Uh, I think they could go either way. I could see them offering D'Angelo Russell. I could also see them offering Anthony Edwards strictly because. I mean, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. This is the only way I could see this happening is, you know, Kat and D'Lo are really close. D'Lo and Ben Simmons went to high school together. So if this is one of those situation where situations where Kat comes in and says, hey, I want you guys to keep D'Angelo Russell. I want you to trade Anthony Edwards instead. Then I could see a scenario, although a very huge long shot, where they offer Anthony Edwards for Ben Simmons. And in that case... The Philadelphia 76ers would be absolutely stupid not to accept that. There's no, sh I, I can't, I can't see it, but you know, it's the NBA. Anything is possible. I see where I mean, Mike's I'm coming from logic wise. He's just saying, you Oh know, yeah. I understand the rationale. You don't got to so what, right, explain wait, What's that, Carl but... Anthony's, what's Kat's contract looking like, honestly? Cause that's a big thing here. Um, Yo, Anthony Edwards had an amazing rookie season though. I don't even know. No, no, no. I don't even know. If I'm doing that, man, I, I'd rather trade Cat before I trade Anthony Edwards for Ben Simmons. I mean, let's. Wow, really? Him. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather trade Cat in 24. Cat's a bit of a unicorn if too. If you don't think you're gonna win anytime soon, like the Timberwolves have, so, have shown no signs of being good, why would you trade the number one draft pick who had an amazing rookie season? I'd rather just restart. Let's restart the rebuild. Like Edwards is young. Let's not mess him up. I do. I don't agree with that. I think Carl Anthony I, Towns is going to have a, a gigantic bounce back season and is going to just, and I think he's going to, I'm going to go on, on record and say Carl Anthony Towns is going to make all NBA next year and go from not all star to all NBA. I mean, realistically, like how good. No, no, no. I'm just yeah. saying that that was kind of just a side note. I okay. think the Timberwolves are just are gonna you know take a step up. I would trade D'Angelo Russell. I mean, I under, like I understand where you're coming from with like the connections of the guys, but at the end of the day, I mean, maybe like what the Timberwolves went. Everyone when we talk about the Timberwolves, we're like, oh, they were so horrible, you know. But everyone was injured. Like when everyone was playing, they still were what like slightly over 500. Or like 500 exactly. At this point in Carl Anthony Towns' career, the man's 26 years old, right? Like, yeah, he's about to turn 26. And in two months, he'll be 26. So around the season start. So I'm just saying like, yeah, if you think that you can, if you think that Anthony Edwards, Ben Simmons, and Cat is a package that works for you, which I feel, I mean, I think they're in a better situation with that than with D'Angelo Russell. I think... Ben brings a lot more to the table. And then uh, right now, right now, D'Angelo Russell, let's just be honest. D'Angelo Russell and, and Anthony Edwards are two score first guards. Like those are two. Yeah. And like you said, Cat's under contract. So yeah, no, Cat's locked in. He's fine. Wait, like, hold you, on, you hold can on, do whatever hold you on. Want. You said you said you called D'Angelo Russell a score first guard. I respect that. He's a tremendous scorer, but you're talking about a guy that's also assist, uh, averaged about five assists per game throughout his career and averaged about as a six point guard. Assists. That's not a lot, but he's a good passer. Uh, that's I think not I think he's a, of, of how good he is as a passer. I think I mean I'm saying I think D'Angelo Russell in terms of like playmaking is very underrated. 
Um, I think he could do a little bit of both. And also, Coop, I can't believe you said you'd rather trade Carl Anthony Towns over Anthony Edwards. There's no way. I'm not trading Carl Anthony Towns for Ben Simmons. I'd rather trade Carl Anthony Towns to another team and get a lot of assets and restart. I think Carl Anthony Towns is horrifically underrated by the NBA because of how bad, like you're talking, you're talking about a center that literally shoots like seven threes a game. And while well, not last year, he only shot 39% off of six threes attempted per and we're game. we're also talking but about a center that's one of the worst defenders, if not the worst defender at the big man position in the entire NBA. He okay, very simply pours points. For the other team and i love him but maybe you know he just hasn't had a good coach maybe he hasn't been in a winning environment and maybe um, he needs a defensive player of the year candidate ben simmons mm-hmm. to have his back yeah you know, i i if i'm minnesota all right yeah you're the minnesota timberwolves things have not been working out how are you not like taking this trade? how are you not going for this like just doesn't make sense to me. Again. I, I I don't think that's enough though. I don't think D'Angelo Russell would be enough. Maybe if Malik no. Beasley's in there, but they that's turned down Brogdon and and picks right. So you know Brogdon might be better than D'Lo at this stage of his career at this very moment. You know. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I, I would take D'Lo, but I I mean I could see the argument for both. But what I will say is that okay, they turned down. I'm curious. I'm really curious. They turned down that offer. I wonder what I wonder what would happen if that same offer was made exactly right now because the thing is they turned down that offer at the that was the exact like beginning of the Ben Simmons you know saga slash drama of this summer that was before that's true they tried to get everyone that was before they failed that's true but I got a question you know? at this stage of their career what do you think D'Lo does better than Brogdon like um I think he's like marginally better um, what? offensively. Just offensively, he's marginal. Brogdon is efficient, shoots 39% from three, 45% from the field, averaged 21 points per game last season, get, uh, averaged six assists, got five boards, and he's a high-level defender. I, I don't they're about the, the I'd say that I'd say they're about the same. Like Brogdon, I'll give Brogdon a little bit of an edge as a defender, but no, he's um, not a little bit. He's way better. No, yeah, I'll say yeah, I'll, looking, I'll go and I'll say Brogdon's for sure better. Though the difference is just age. I guess. You know, yeah, like yeah. What? There's an age difference. So Four yeah, year age that. difference. You can say that, that, that there's a compensation. I feel that. I feel that. And yeah. so like and Brogdon's Brogdon, peaking. D'Lo has been hurt. I mean, it's what's tough is that they both kind of have injury histories at this point now. Because, yeah. Because yeah, D'Lo's been hurt the last two years, and Brogdon's been hurt like throughout his career. So people kind of don't want to trust Brogdon. I like Brogdon, man. That guy knows how to win. We're talking about winning players. That guy gives it his all every game. Oh, for game. sure. And like, again, well, oh, I, was gonna, I just like I wonder yeah. if the if that trade goes through now or like if it, it if it's at least closer to. A I think I think it's definitely closer. Like you like said, a that's lot, a great for point, sure, bro. That's a great point. Like I think if they got that offer now, they're like, yo, hold up, wait a minute, right? Yeah, because we well what we haven't mentioned, uh, we've kind of danced around it is that uh, with everything that's happened with Ben Simmons. For if you guys haven't uh, don't know. I'm sure you two know, but I'm just, you know, podcast. Well, uh, ben Simmons did, after all of this, you know, finally had a sit-down meeting with the Philadelphia 76ers after a summer of, you know, just, I'm sure it was horrible in terms of everything. If he tuned it out, that's great. But, you know, from the Philly fans, from the national media, you know, Ben got ripped for sure. And the Sixers, 
they freaking tried, man. They went and they tried their best to bring Ben in and say, hey, look, man, um, we tried to trade you and it didn't work. So let's just make this work. And Ben just laughed at them and said, there's no fucking way. I'm not coming back here. You got to trade me. I'm not I'm not doing it like let's uh, uh, let's let's play this game. Let me hold out a training camp. So I'm curious. Can it where, where does this trade value? Does it get lower? Does it I mean, like it's going to get lower, I guess. But when does it stop potentially to where a team like actually makes a trade? If Ben Simmons holds out and just decides not to play, what happens? Um, it depends. Like that's, that's one of the questions I asked in the very beginning. Like if you're the Philadelphia 76ers, how do you handle this situation? You have a player that has his value at an all time low that you drafted number one, overall one rookie of the year is a good player, but he's stagnating. Unfortunately, clearly isn't the most mature player. He's coming off as a little bit of a spoiled brat in this instance, if you ask oh, me. Oh, no. Come because on, man. They did him dirty. They did him dirty. They did him dirty, but, like, bro, I understand they did him dirty. Doc and they Rivers dragged him. Freaking... You're, supposed to stick, you're supposed to stick with... I've never seen anything like... Yeah, what, they like, dragged like, him. Yeah, they dragged him. They scapegoated him, and I, I've never seen nothing like that in my life, regardless of if it was warranted or not. Uh, I don't even know if I could call... I mean, you're right. It, it kind of is a lot, but I can't it's, be mad. I see both sides. Yeah, I see yeah, both that's sides. The best way to put it, I see both like, sides. Like, uh, on one hand, I think Doc Rivers is a freaking idiot. Like, you don't literally, if you have any semblance of just social intelligence, you look at the media. The media sees you're down bad. They're like begging. It's like, please, you know, throw your star forward under the bus or star point guard or whatever. Please, like, this will be fantastic. It'll get us clicks. And the man, like, literally gave the media what he wanted. Can Ben Simmons be a championship point guard? All you have to do is, yes, but he, we're going to need to work towards that. Or something mm -hmm. along those lines. Just say lines. yes. Don't even say anything. Literally, yeah. just say, yes, of course I believe that. Yeah, it's over yeah. at that point. Yeah. Like, who cares well, what you believe? Well, like, this is the time to take a stand, Doc, and to be like, you know what? Now my integrity and my morals are too high. I cannot lie to the media. Like, well, what? At, the, at the same time, though, if you say, yes, I think he can be a championship point guard, you're just feeding Ben. You're just continuing to coddle a guy that like but consistently stagnated. You just say that yeah. to the media and then you just go and you say to Ben, hey, listen, like we really need to work on things. Also, like, I mean, Ben himself has said, you know, privately, they've always been cool with him. And that's the thing. If all right, uh, we hear a lot of this, which I agree with. And this is, you know, on Ben himself of being complacent, of not getting, you know, developing a jump shot. That is on him himself. However, you know, the Sixers did this where they were complacent with Ben's ability as well. You know, they were hyping up defensive player of the year. They didn't care about the three-point shooting until it bit them in the ass. And then as suddenly, as soon as it bit them in the ass, then suddenly uh, it's the Sixers are like, oh, yeah, wow, he never practiced. Oh, my God. You know, Joel Embiid's throwing him un under the bus, trying to kind of take it back four months later. Like, Joel Embiid recently came out and said, oh, yeah, uh, Ben's a great player. I, of course, want Ben to stay on the team. Hmm, interesting. After you're not able to trade him the whole summer, now you come out and say that. Also, what were the Sixers thinking, even putting Ben Simmons out there to the media? Let, just take whatever, fine, take whatever. You don't take a shell-shocked Ben Simmons. You can see the look in that man's eyes. He 
never in his life in a in maybe in his life in general but at least on a basketball court had been that unconfident in, in himself had been that unsure and had performed that poorly down the stretch i'm positive that he is that's never happened to him he looked like he saw a ghost you know we all saw it everyone was like oh wow i can't believe the sixers are even allowing ben simmons to be out there like i can't believe ben's i can't believe they're asking these questions i can't believe ben's answering them the Sixers should have just been like, no, you cannot talk to Ben Simmons. Doc should have just said he was a championship point guard. Joel Embiid should have backed up his teammate. And who knows? Maybe the entire NBA, maybe at least one team bites and trades for him. Instead, everyone has piled on him. And now we're in a situation where, uh, you know, who, like, again, Ben Simmons could just refuse to play. Or we've seen this, okay? You know, we piled on James Harden in the past, in last season when he came, showed up in a fat suit or whatever. If you look at James Harden's numbers, if you go and pull up what James Harden did when he came and actually played, he at least gave the Houston Rockets after playing with them for, uh, you know, a bunch of seasons, he at least gave them a trade piece to work with. He still averaged 24.8 points, 10.4 assists, and 5.1 rebounds per game in eight in eight games. You know, he came back and he showed teams, hey, I'm still James Harden. I'm still a great player. You trade for me. I'm still going to be a great player. Like Ben Simmons, if he doesn't come back, then who knows what that does to his trade value? Who knows what they end up having to take? Or we've seen guys like Vince Carter. This is Vince Carter's stats real quick. I'm pulling this up. You are not going to believe how badly Vince Carter purposely tanked his trade value in Toronto. Toronto had no choice there. They said, okay, same exact kind of situation. Vince Carter was like, I'm not playing for you. I don't want to play for you. And they were like, too bad. You have to. And he was like, okay, watch how bad I play to tank my trade value. Vince Carter's last season in Toronto, the 2005 season for the Toronto Raptors, he shot 41% and averaged 15.9 points per game. All right, 41%, 15.9 points. Oh For the God. New Jersey Nets, that very same season after he was traded, he shot 46%, 50% better, and averaged 27 and a half points a game. He, oh on the court, tanked his trade value until they finally traded him. So what's gonna happen to the Sixers? I have no idea, but that Malcolm Brogdon trade offer could end up looking like, oh man, I wish we had taken that. Because what they traded for uh, Vince Carter, what the Raptors got for Vince Carter was pennies because of what happened. If I was the, uh, so this is kind of trending towards the, what do you do if you're the Philadelphia 76ers? Because we all agree, I think we all agree that the Sixers mismanaged the situation. It's both of their faults, you know, in my opinion. The Sixers coddled Ben Simmons' his complacency. Ben Simmons remained complacent and then they threw him under the bus. So... At this point, you're Daryl Morey, which, by the way, like uh, we talked about this in the podcast in the past where they've hyped up Ben Simmons as DPOY, but Daryl Morey like, is notorious for really despising players that can't shoot three-pointers. And you have a franchise cornerstone that has attempted .13 three-pointers per game throughout his entire career. I'm surprised that they didn't trade him last year. Obviously, they tried for James Harden, but at the trade deadline, I'd say there's no way I'd want Ben Simmons on my team. I would sell him at the peak of his value at that point, knowing that I at least knew that Ben Simmons, yeah, fantastic defensive player. Sixers stands were so annoying last year. They're like, yeah, this year is going to be different. This year is going to be different. I was saying that, yo, 
you guys have never had problems in the regular season. You guys have problems in the postseason, and you guys literally have the same thing going for yourselves again this season. Although I think the team was constructed beautifully. Adding Danny Green was a great move. Adding Seth Curry. Yeah, adding Seth Curry was a remarkable move. Adding more shooting, getting out of Alf Horford's contract. Daryl Morey gets like an A++ for that. But now he's literally given this like terrible situation where he needs to get move, not only trade Ben Simmons, but get equal value in return, or at least maybe a quarter of that or a half of that. In this instance, how do you go ahead and handle this situation properly move on from him and try to put yourselves into a situation where you could still contend i see multiple uh, scenarios that could unfold from here you either hit up the sacramento kings and say yo marvin bagley buddy healed future first round pick we're done okay yeah uh, maybe you uh, either Man. either that yeah. what what Go. you said marvin bagley and buddy healed and a f- and future first round pick. I think that's the I think that's the offer you end up taking if everything goes horribly wrong. I'd rather just keep Ben Simmons. I mean, we I'd I'd rather just keep Ben Simmons than Buddy Heald and right. Marvin Bagley. But Coop, with that in mind, what do you do? Because your team's going to lose games. What do you do? If I think they're it's good enough to win without s- Ben. I think I think they have an amazing roster, especially if Maxi's still there. That guy probably takes another leap. I think they should have beat the Hawks. Uh, and, and props to the Hawks. They balled out. I'm not taking nothing away from them. What if they're but good even, enough to even, win without Ben? Then... Even without Ben Simmons, I think they should have beat the Hawks. I think you could take Ben Simmons off that roster, and in, and in an ideal world, they beat the Hawks with a decent coach. I think Doc Rivers was unbelievably outcoached. Um, and I think that they have made what is a, a solid situation very bad because i think you know in a reality i think they could have ran it back my reaction would have been like yo ben all right we got to get you right i know they've been trying for a minute but uh you know i'm not gonna say all that stuff what i'm gonna do is i might look in the fire and doc rivers now i know maybe it's not an option maybe you got a fat contract he probably does he's doc rivers but you know i think i think that series was more on doc than anything so i mean i don't know man uh i mean you, I agree with you in the sense that like Doc Rivers notorious for choking leads, most choked leads in the past five years uh, on both the Clippers and the Sixers in the playoffs. Um, I do think that's also on Doc Rivers. But at the same time, <laughs> it's really funny because I think uh, I-, I forgot which YouTuber it was, but some YouTuber like compared Doc Rivers to um like the Doug Peterson of the NBA. <laughs> it was like it was something like that or the Bill O'Brien of the NBA or or no, the Adam Gase of the NBA. I don't know which one it was. But in this case, it's really tough because I agree with you. I do think they're good enough to just let Joel Embiid cook. You have great role players surrounding him. Ben Simmons is the guy that's taking your half-court offense out of rhythm, although he's a remarkable defender. Like, I'm going to give that to him. And he's fantastic making plays in the open court. I'll give that to him too. Um, another option, like, I think if you hit up the Golden State Warriors, you could get yourself some pieces for a championship roster. No matter what offer you make to the Golden State Warriors, they need to include Andrew Wiggins. I think Andrew Wiggins going to the Philadelphia 76ers, another great player that's emerging as a, as a solid two-way piece. Um, 
you know, like he's not what a number one overall pick is supposed to be, but still very serviceable. Maybe you could get yourselves like, I don't know, like maybe a Moses Moody out of it. If you need, I don't think they'd be interested in James Wiseman. Maybe like Andrew I like Wiggins, Halliburton Moses. from the Kings. I don't know if the Kings are trading Halliburton, but they they're got, not. They got too many guards. They got too many they're, guards. So um, they're not know, trading Fox, Halliburton. Halliburton, Mitchell, give me one of them. Um, Mitchell. Davion All right, Mitchell. Mike, you just uh, said no to Halliburton. Why? No, I said I said no to Halliburton because the Kings said that they will trade anyone not named Halliburton or Fox. Hmm. So, I know. I'm just saying. Do you agree with that? Do you think with, the Halliburton no like do not trade Halliburton is worth it uh, for the Sacramento Kings? I do love Tyrese Halliburton. I think he's very very solid. Um, definitely one of the better picks that the Kings have made in recent years. I do think they do. I agree with Coop. They have way too many freaking guards over there. Um, in terms of like potential, like at the very worst, you plug in Tyrese Halliburton into, into a lineup and have him spot up and like cash in from three. Um, he, he was very, very solid on, he wasn't remarkable, but he was solid on defense this past year. Um, and of course, this is just his rookie season. I don't think it's worth it for the Kings to say, hey, we're not trading Tyrese Halliburton. We're, keep, we're keeping him no matter what. If Halliburton is the make or break here, then yeah, of course you should trade Tyrese Halliburton for Ben Simmons. Because I think in terms of ceiling, Ben Simmons is going to beat Tyrese Halliburton easily. I think Tyrese Halliburton would not just the make or break. I think he would be the centerpiece of a trade. I think you know of whatever with the 76ers so yeah i mean that's something also to look out for you know the sacramento kings currently are saying no to that i don't know i mean like if you're a team like the sacramento kings i think it's a i think it's tyrese halberton love him love his game thought he played you know very well does he ever reach the all nba level of ben simmons of uh, the multi-time all-star level of ben simmons who knows? And probably not. I, I would say, I would say, I don't think he'll make multiple all-star games like Ben, but at the same time, I feel like the problem with Ben is the fear of the unknown. I would say, because if you take, you know, Ben Simmons, you get his production, what he's been doing. Okay, sure. I would definitely do that trade. Uh, I, you know, I read a good point in one of these articles, a team like the Sacramento Kings or a team that is a smaller market team to be able to get a player like Ben Simmons, who is a top, whatever you want to rank him in the NBA, whatever to get that type of player locked into like a four year contract is just rare and doesn't happen that often. So if you all are a small market team that can, you know, take maybe a mini leap up, maybe now you have De'Aaron Fox and Ben Simmons. I mean, I would for I like sure that. consider like, doing I, it. I love yeah. that. Like that sounds good to me. It's just good to me too. the only. I think the only problem is people are. I think are legitimately afraid of what happens when Ben Simmons comes back, and not in a way where it's like, okay, uh, you know, he didn't develop a jump shot. Fine, that's a, that's sure. a great point. I think the I Kings think people are, are afraid of that. That that ha I think the Kings are a team that you know, in order to get like a superstar without like developing one. Uh, you know, I think Fox is going to be a superstar, but in order to get a guy like that, uh, to, to get another guy like that, you got to draft them or you have to, you know, go out and you have to make a move. You have to take a gamble on a guy like Ben Simmons. 
You know, what's really what's funny to me is like Ben Simmons is so mad, you know, and so angry that the guy would rather play for the Sacramento freaking Kings, which in my opinion is the worst franchise in the entire NBA than the Philadelphia 76ers, which is like my, yeah, I understand you feel, you feel scorned by your team. You feel, you know, like they treated you poorly, but to the point where like, there's rumors that he'd accept a trade to the Cleveland Cavaliers to the Sacramento Kings, like bro, these are literally the two worst front offices in the entire to NBA. Be fair, I feel like well, you're not gonna fix the front office problem, but I feel like Ben fixes a lot of problems for both both of those teams. I see them having similar offensive issues in Sacramento. Fox no, is a phenomenal player that thrives in uh, that typically thrives in up tempo uh, situations. Not really the greatest three point shooter, so you'll have spacing issues. Um, I just I do agree that Ben Simmons is like a star that most typically isn't a player that the Sacramento the Kings, Kings would be able to get. The problem is not their offense. It's their defense by far. I think he, I think that that's another reason why the Timberwolves should really push to trade for Ben Simmons because they have defensive issues as well. Kings also have a severe rebounding problem from a quick glance. You know, okay, I again, you know, I if I'm the Sacramento Kings, Halburn for sure. I think I mean there was a time if you were to just go through like the Ben Simmons timeline, like a graph, there was a time where in the regular season or even in the beginning of the playoffs where that trade, like if you were just going through it, would be accepted automatically and the Sixers would be ripped, ripped for taking Tyrese Halliburton and for Ben Simmons. Now, of course, his trade value has fallen off a cliff. I have never seen anything like this, I feel like. Like, it's just kind of crazy how low it's fallen. But at this point, I'm making that trade. Again, you're getting an all-star who's still young, who is locked into a contract, who has to stay in Sacramento. Literally, it's like, unfortunately, Ben Simmons, you have to stay here for four years or whatever. So, four or five years. So, I mean... And you're also showing Deer and Fox that, you know, I mean, Fox is locked into a contract though as well, right? Well, yeah, yeah you're at least showing an extension this offseason. Yeah, you're at least trying to win with Deer. And I mean, yeah, he just played four years. So I'm sure yeah, he's he's locked in for a while. Uh, wow. Till 2026. Yeah, okay. literally just so signed an extension. They could uh, they could take their time if they want to. But I would like that trade. I would like that trade for the Timberwolves as well. And... I mean, I just is is what's happening right now. Like teams are playing a waiting game. Like, are they waiting for the offer to get lower? Because that could just easily be the case. It could just be like maybe the Kings are somewhat open to, you know, going for Halliburton. But right now, the 76ers are only asking for De'Aaron, you know, so we don't really know. We're not really sure. But I mean, if you're just centering the, that trade around Halliburton, who else? Maybe you throw in Buddy. I'm sure Buddy would go in there, you know, salary-wise. Like, I mean, that's a 76ers team that I could get on board for and would be excited for. Having Halliburton and Buddy now to help with shooting. I, I don't know what else the 76ers do in terms of... I mean, like Coop said, 76ers are already a really good team. So what you get back for Ben at this point is, you know, only going to help you. It, I mean... 
You can't just let him rot away on the bench. You can, but you're wasting like $40 million in salary cap. If there's one team that I think can completely alter the course of Ben Simmons's career, I mean, like a team that could legitimately turn him into like a top five player in the NBA, it'd be the San Antonio Spurs. Like if I'm Ben Simmons, I would do absolutely anything to get to Popovich. I, I personally, of Kawhi, who have you seen them like turn into a just a dog? I guess I get. I, they have I, a lot of they. They're a talented team. They draft well, but like a lot of their guys, they haven't taken like that next step. Which maybe that's due to Demar and Lamarcus. But um, I mean, you, you know, I said this about Demar when he went there, and I guess I was wrong. I really thought Popovich was going to be able to help develop him a little well not develop him but like fix his jump shooting a little bit and it just didn't work out you do um, know demar suddenly became a much better playmaker like he popovich is credited for that he did yeah his three-point shot wasn't there but he suddenly averaged seven assists a game um i do think yeah um well he also um yeah you're right he did average seven assists per game um I do think that Popovich is really good for player development just in general. Like historically, every player that's gone to San Antonio has resulted in Maybe being a better a long version of time themselves. Ago, but I've been following their drafts and I mean, uh, you know, they've uh, he's he's turned out a lot of above average players. But I mean, recently- also the San Antonio Spurs are I would you said they're the top. I would possibly rank them as the worst team for him to go to. They finished third in the entire NBA. I mean, thirtieth in the entire NBA in three-point yeah, attempts threes. and yeah. three-pointers Pop, made. Pop's living in their the entire past, team man. can't yeah. shoot. Freaking Dejounte Murray shot thirty-one percent from three. Same situation. If you're gonna say anything about Fox at point guard, that's their guy right now is Murray. Yeah, and totally I don't. I don't think it would, I would say, you know, piggybacking off of the one team that could change his career that dramatically. I think it for sure would be the Golden State Warriors. Um, oh, yeah, of course. Or the Blazers. Maybe one or the other. You get a guy like Dame or Steph to bounce off of uh, that they can take over lead ball handling responsibilities. And now your focus is way more on just setting up shooters. I think both those situations are going to be way better for Ben Simmons. I think the biggest problem with Ben Simmons, and it will come to light. I think this will come to light if he hopefully he gets put in a situation where it does work out. Um I guess I'm rooting for Ben because I said hopefully, but uh, so rooting for Ben. Uh, hopefully he gets put in a situation where things uh, do where it works out because my whole thing is the 76ers, they ruined the the process of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. I don't want to say they ruined the process in total yet because, you know, who knows what happens, but I will say they what when they messed up was when they did not treat Jimmy Butler like the player that they should have treated him as, you know, everything that's leaked from the front office and everything after like from where like they didn't, they Jimmy Butler was told that the 76ers felt they had to control him and that he was a wild card, all that stuff taking to buy, you know, basically in essence, choosing Tobias Harris over him. I think Jimmy Butler, I think it got really underrated. The fact that he down the stretch of games or at any point in the game, is able to be the lead guard, is able to isolate, is able to, you know, go into pick and roll settings with Embiid and score. He, of course, is, you know, a good defender too. But that took the ball out of Ben's hands a lot at the end of games. And so Ben's weaknesses were swept under the rug in that way. But then suddenly 
with Jimmy Butler gone, and now you have Tobias Harris and you have Embiid and you need that lead guard. You have, you know, Seth Curry is your shooting guard, a guy who is, you know, trying to spot up and not really run pick and rolls, run the offense like that. Ben was suddenly asked to do more and the Sixers expected him to be able to do more, understandably. I think it's understandable that they expected him at this point in his career to be able to do more. The problem was just that he couldn't do more. And then it came to light in front of everyone on national television with everyone watching. But I do think that if he goes to a team that is constructed a little more to his talents, that he'll be, you know, back to all-star level and be crushing it like he has been. Um, closing thoughts, guys. Ben Simmons for president. <laughs> the, the Lakers. You know what I don't ever want to hear? Zach Levine for Ben Simmons. There was some small, small leaking of like, oh, maybe they should trade Zach Levine for Ben Simmons. No, thank you. Bulls are going to be the five seed this year. Five seed. And we'll we got it. Way to shoot for uh, in the Eastern Conference. No. Wait. Wait, wait. Maybe in the, maybe if they like move to the G League, maybe. Um, <laughs> Get out of here! Uh, Mike. You're gonna owe me a lot of money. I don't know how much it was. Either a hundred or five hundred. I don't know what we bet. Definitely a hundred. Um, we have to so, find it. Find the clip. So, of course, one of our awesome Twitter followers, Zorbel Slaps, asked the Laced Up Hoops Twitter account, "Did Mike Korzemba ever get crossed up in high school? Did Kors ever get crossed up in high school? Hell no." But that's because a lot of the time I was on the bench. Wait, uh, yeah, honestly, like imagine <laughs> I could never imagine getting crossed up in the game of basketball. That's got to be like the most embarrassing thing ever. Like. <laughs> All right. So at X Juice 2K wants to know if you could implement a major modification to the NBA rules, what would it be? Example, adding the three point like. I have I have a great no I'm I have going first. an answer I'm going first I'm going first all right I will wait patiently my answer is <laughs> I would eliminate three in the key defensive and offensive why I want the big man to come back I want players to be rewarded for being big and skilled near the basket I feel like if you are able to um, camp the lane um, defensively and offensively, you are able to make much more of an impact as a big. You know, that's a very interesting take because originally it was removed, uh, it was added because of Will Chamberlain just abusing everyone and dunking on everyone. Now we have the inverse problem. Everyone's just shooting threes. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Mean. Well, I would love to see that experimented with. That's a, you know, that's a good answer. That's a creative answer. And I, I don't think there's a three in the key in international play. And uh, that's why we have seen some players uh, maybe struggle a little more and seen the international defenses be a, a little more tough. The thing is, I can't imagine the NBA adding anything that could potentially slow down the scoring of the game. Do you think that'll increase scoring or slow it down? Well, um, there's well, FIBA, FIBA only uses no, FIBA does not use the defensive three seconds. So offensive three seconds. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. I was talking about defensive three seconds in defense. Well, that no defensive three seconds actually makes it harder for big men to score. That actually goes the opposite. 
direction because uh, if there isn't offense of three seconds, but there's no defense, you could just camp your center in the paint. But that also, uh, I mean, I I guess I could see that, but I feel like no defensive three seconds. Um, I feel like I feel like that rewards like bigs who are able to pass a lot more. And no all, but, but, also, but also it makes bigs that camp the paint more valuable. So that's also another thing. Like, well, I feel I feel like no defensive three seconds, if anything, would make it so that teams would shoot but more you're from not, the outside. But do, you, but do you? Yeah, but do you understand like that makes defensive bigs more valuable? They're more viable. Yeah. No, I understand what you're saying. Like there was, for instance, there was a play. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you guys saw it, but it was like dissected on Twitter or something. It was a cool play where Kawhi like was dribbling up against the Jazz. And he purposely waited. He he was looking at Rudy Gobert, and Rudy Gobert had to, you know, jump out of the key after three seconds. And as soon as he jumped out of the key, Kawhi like crossed over and just drove right to the basket for a wide open layup because he was just waiting for you know Gobert to get out. So in that case, in that instance, for sure would not uh, would not happen. You know, Gobert would just stand there, and yeah, it would definitely increase the big man's you know on defense for anyone who's driving to the basket. Um, on offense, I wonder if it would make guys again too unstoppable. I'm not sure. I mean, already guys are shooting, you know, 70% at the rim. Like, what if you just literally could stand there and wait until the defense breaks down and just catch a lob for a dunk? Like, if you just just stood there, like you say the Warriors just take James Wiseman and you're like, you are not moving. On offense, we'll run our offensive set. You're just standing at the basket, and if if your man ever leaves you for a millisecond, we just throw you a lob and you just don't. But on the other side of things, that makes that rim protector more valuable. Like with no D3, you got that guy, you know, hopefully able to stop that lob. It would make it would be interesting. I'd be very interested it to be, see would, a collection of games. I just feel like modern NBA offenses would exploit the hell out of not having to shoot i mean not having to move from the three uh offensively you know the three seconds i feel like you would just again just put a lob there right there if you know run your offense like if what if you had clint capella comes up for the pick and roll doesn't work okay just go stand in the paint hopefully trey breaks down someone off the dribble and then is able to drive or I don't know. you have a defensive big that's able to move uh capella out of the paint you know maybe doing their work early so It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. All right. Well, uh, my answer for this, and I, if you guys are not with me, you're just dead to me. That's okay. Um, is I actually is, have one more. Too. I, I actually have one I, more. Too, so. I wish so much that the NBA made the clear path foul rule so much stricter. I wish that. Because as it stands right now, I've made like two videos on this. As it stands right now, the clear path foul rule is just dumb to me. Like the whole point, and, and keep in mind, I'm saying to make it stricter, I'm saying I want more clear paths called because I don't want the flow of basketball to be interrupted. My whole thing is the NBA makes several, several rule changes based on basically just pure just, entertainment. Just take Why the international else? rule of uh, of no, no intentional fouls. Yeah, that's what no, I'm saying. No, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. it is an intentional foul. My whole thing is, all right, so so uh, I hate the fact that people call this a smart foul because technically it is. I'll say, yes, it is a smart foul. 
to foul someone on fast break, but I hate it. I think anything that interrupts the flow of basketball, that interrupts the enjoyment, the excitement, the highlight plays, where else are there more potential highlight plays than a team running a fast break on a three-on-one? I don't get why you're allowed to just foul and stop that, especially when the NBA has a half-assed rule in place. They're almost there. They have like somewhat of a small rule. Like we've heard of the clear path foul rule, of course, but if you're an NBA fan and you watch so a ton of games like we all do, you know, you might like barely ever see one. And the reason is because the foul, the rules are ridiculous. Basically, it's you have to be at like a certain point in the court. Like once you cross, uh, if you're bef behind half court or ahead of it, I don't know, one of the two, you can't be called for a clear path foul. If you're about to throw a pass to a man who is in front of you, right? And the ball is on your fingertips and they foul you, even though there's a guy standing 15 feet ahead of you, ready to just catch the ball and put it in. Not a clear path foul. But as soon as that ball leaves your fingertips, clear path foul. Hate it. Hate it. Just I'm I am a proponent for making rules. Not not of course all of them, but putting they already have a rule for this. I am a proponent of making this stricter so that teams cannot foul in the fast break. I think it's very simple, you know, just just you're not allowed to intentionally foul guys on a fast break would lead to more excitement, lead to more fast breaks. I uh That's my argument. I agree. I would I would like shot clock violations to be playoffs too. Can I, uh, are, are salary cap rules allowed or are we not doing that? Like, uh, go ahead. Well, one thing I would like to see is I think role players are getting paid too much money at the moment. I'd love to see my guys getting bags, but man, um, role players are getting inflated salaries because of the top of the NBA. I would like to see the salary cap. I would like to see the max. I'd like to see the salary cap remain intact, but I'd like to see the max salary be eliminated. I want to see. I want to see what teams would be willing to offer some of these guys, uh, some of the top players, and I would want to see how teams would construct building their roster around, uh, you know, this rule. Or do the Lakers have Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Westbrook? If you know, you got to pay LeBron ninety million or something. Like I don't know. So it, it that's would, a good it point. Would be interesting. Yeah, I remember it was like. Uh... When I mean, Mike Corzamba would probably know this best. When the Chicago Bulls had Michael Jordan, did they pay out like 90% of their salary cap to him? It was something like absurd like that. Um, I don't think it's ever been replicated since. Yeah. Well, what Coop is saying, you're, so you're just saying, Coop, you're trying to blow up the NBA right now. You're trying to just, you know, complete. You're going into my league and just changing everything. Yeah, basically um, it'd be it. Be chaos. I don't know. That would be too. Dude, that would screw you as a New Orleans Pelicans. No, right? If they really. no salary cap, uh, are you? You're saying wait. Are you saying no cap on a contract or no cap on the salary? No cap on There's, contract on a contract. Okay, 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 okay. No that's, max contract. Right, so, yeah. No so that's so that's different. So you'd be like, okay, so if one team wants to pay Luca ninety million and pit, you know surround him with exactly. smaller guys, that would be interesting. Exactly. You know what, I, listen, exactly. I'm gonna go with you on the. That would be interesting, and I would love to see it play out in a simulation. It would not be in like, life. It would not be in like, real life, though, because oh, in real life on. it would ruin everything, it bro. Would that would everything. that would screw you guys so badly. No, Why not would someone... really. We could build a great team, whereas some of these top-heavy teams would literally only have one. Maybe so two say guys. a team. What What would say... Zion want from you? He'd want eighty yeah. million dollars. Okay, but 
I'm saying we could try to, we could let Zion go or we could try to build a great roster. So you just created guys. a scenario where you just let you Zion No, go. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, obviously none of this is like, real. Like, why would Zion, like, and then all these players will be incentivized to have, I, I see what it does. All these players will be incentivized to have their own team surrounded by a bunch of Exactly, players. that's the point. Because, but like, the thing is, what about a team like the Lakers that say, hey, Bron, we're going to pay you like, I don't know, $90 million a year, and we're going to get you like also Anthony Davis, and we're going to pay him like, 50 or 60 million dollars a year um the lakers are freaking loaded dude you know what i mean like how does a team like the pelicans no he didn't say he so he said keep the cap in place yes oh keep the right exactly yes but i will say the two there's two problems major problems that i'm seeing right off the bat one um places way less of an emphasis on drafting to the point where drafting might not even matter basically you well, no, 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 no. Drafting would well, definitely matter because. Well, then, would, if you could just offer, there's still rookie million. contracts, though. There's still rookie contracts, so you're still incentivized. Yeah, but after I'm saying after four years, okay, so after four years, Zion's going somewhere. I mean, he just goes wherever he wants. So, yeah, unless, okay, unless you right. want to pay him, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, hey, you can still could keep the go. RFA and be like, okay, well, we got it. We can max match any contract. And you could still okay. you could still make it so like okay maybe the team that drafts him can pay him more or something like that you know so there's a there's 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 some interesting team dynamic or maybe raise the max contract. All right, next question is uh, at Aaron Sheep twenty four asked the laced up hoops Twitter um, football week one. You guys seem to have an interest so. Um, we're so some background info, guys. We're all in a fantasy football league together. If you guys want to see our progress, uh, and uh, and uh, and you want us to show our teams, let us know in the comments. We could definitely get into that. Um, as you guys know, uh, I have a alter ego, ego, a uh, second entity apart from uh, flight mic called microphone. I do an NFL, I do NFL content there. So I'm going to keep my opinions till the very end. I want to hear your guys' thoughts. Uh, week one of the NFL. What did you guys think? I loved it. Amazing. Jameis Winston, QB one, proved the doubters wrong, especially Stephen A. Um, Saints look good, man. You know, dominated Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it was, a, it was a good week of football for me. What about you, Kors? What do you think? I watched one game. It was the Jets, and I believe in Zach Wilson. That's all I got to say. That's all I got. All right. So, so unfortunately, I've not watched. I didn't watch much. You know, I will say you. that in terms of the fantasy league, I was not paying attention. Of course, you know my own fault, but was not paying attention, and I auto drafted my team. So that's kind of unfortunate, especially because for the first time, I think. Like ever playing a fantasy league, I had the number one pick. So Christian Mac, Christian McCaffrey looked great. You know, looked amazing. Your team saw uh, as he took. Uh, I mean, I lost. I won in my other fantasy league where I actually drafted. So uh, I'll give you my brief little tidbits. I'll give you a little winners and losers list here. Winners: the entire NFC West. Arizona Cardinals like looked insane. Five sacks by Chandler Jones. Holy crap. The additions of JJ Watt and AJ Green obviously kind of made AJ Green less than JJ Watt, but they made their presence felt. Kyler Murray looks like a baller. 
Um, the LA Rams loved, 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 loved Matthew Stafford. I mean, it's really crazy to see what Sean McVay can do with that team. Um, now that he has a quarterback that could launch the damn football, it was so fun to watch. Um, huge winner, Sam Darnold. Anytime you can march, uh, you debut for a brand, your brand new team against your former team and win. That's always a huge win. Um, subsequently, um, wait, actually, yeah. Another winner, the Jalen Hurts era in Philadelphia. Absolutely freaking love it. Devontae Smith was a huge hit. I didn't have a lot of faith in Nick Sirianni because he had trouble as an in like he was a bad interview, bad press conferences, stuttered a lot in the offseason. But it seems like they're off to a good start. Every rookie wide receiver that was selected in the first round of the NFL draft from Jamar Chase, who was having drop issues in the preseason, which I'm getting roasted for that take earlier and making videos on it. He had five receptions, 101 yards, a touchdown. Looked awesome. Jalen Waddle looked awesome. Um, Devontae Smith looked awesome. Of course, huge winner. I agree with you, Get Like Coop. Jameis Winston. Dude, it's crazy what a good organization could do for a player. When you hit on a head coach, it doesn't even matter who you plug in at QB. He could take he could take untapped potential and really, really make it soar. Jameis Winston looked awesome. Unfortunately, losers include Deshaun Watson out for the whole year. Don't want to get into that. We, you know, like his situation's complicated. Aaron Rodgers, dude. This guy had like five interceptions last year. He threw two picks against the Saints, looked lost out there. He's being accused of tanking his value for a trade on purpose. Um, Andy Yeah, Dalton, wait, what do you think about that quickly? I would like to hear about that, actually. About Aaron Rodgers As someone who knows nothing. Um, about how much of the Aaron Rodgers situation do you want me to go into? Um, Just start with the tanking his value. So in the offseason, the Green Bay – so in the NFL, it's kind of different than the NBA in the sense that the NBA will cater to its players. LeBron goes to the Lakers. They do everything they want him to do. He could pretty much construct his own team, right? In the NFL, the only guy that kind of had that and he really had to force it was Tom Brady. You know, Tom Brady and the Patriots didn't see eye to eye. They didn't give him whatever he wanted. He butted heads with Bill Belichick a lot. He goes to the Buccaneers. Everything he wanted, he got. Like, the Buccaneers didn't want Antonio Brown. They signed Antonio Brown because of Tom Brady. Tom Brady wanted pre-snap motion in his offense. Bruce Arians doesn't do that. They added pre-snap motion. He pretty much calls all the shots. Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, similar... This is very controversial, but similar. Similar talent level than Tom Brady. Not as much hardware. Not as much team success as Tom Brady. You're talking about a guy that has seven Super Bowls to one. He sees this and he pretty much gets really upset because over the years, there's been times where he's approached the Green Bay Packers and said, hey, keep this player. I really like him. Keep Jay Kumaro, keep Julius Peppers, keep Randall Cobb. And the Packers said, dude, screw you. We're going to do whatever we want. You play for us. You work for us, not the other way around. As a result, Aaron Rodgers gets upset and says, all right, look. If you want to trade me, I'm 37. You drafted a quarterback in the first round like in the 2019 NFL draft, which was a very good draft for wide receivers. If you want to trade me, trade me. As a result, there was like a lot of reports that came out in the offseason. The Broncos were about to trade for him. That's why they didn't trade draft a quarterback in the draft this year. Um, the star wide receiver of the Packers, Devontae Adams, won't sign a contract extension with the Packers either because of... Uh, 
because um, because there's a rumor that both him and Aaron Rodgers are going to leave together. So Aaron Rodgers comes in to training camp this year, pretty much gives this 15 minute interview about what bothered him and said that, you know, based off of how the year goes, they're going to readdress his contract situation at the end of the year. The Packers even said that, hey, we'll let you go if you want us if you want to go at the end of this year. Um, as a result, this is getting a lot of comparisons to the last dance because a lot of people are assuming this is the final run for the Green Bay Packers. And after a horrific showing in week one, which is something that like we haven't seen from Aaron Rodgers in two years. That's how transcendent of a talent he is, at least in the Matt LaFleur era. Many people are accusing him of tanking his value for not being able to uh, defend what appeared to be simple. I mean, not being able to play against simple man coverage, you know, like he was completely stopped. And this is a very versatile quarterback. Simple man coverage. So what do you, so, so what do you think? <laughs> Literally after all of that, I still, what do you think about the, the conspiracy? Oh, do I think he's trying? I don't know. I don't believe it at all. I mean, like this is a, I mean, this is a team that could contend for a Super Bowl. I think Aaron Rodgers would rather win a Super Bowl than like any type of melodrama. I think he's going to leave at the end of the season. It's a conspiracy, but I don't uh, give this type with of conspiracy the, with the stuff. hurricane that uh, hit New Orleans. The Saints were displaced. I think they played in Jacksonville. And uh, because of that, Aaron Rodgers uh, said himself uh, in a press conference, I believe, that he underestimated exactly how legit uh, and how good the Saints were going to be. They thought they were going to march up and down the field and move the ball. Obviously, that didn't happen. I mean, I look at the Saints defense and I'm like, this is a team that has Marshawn Lattimore. They have Cameron they're, Jordan, they're a good they defense, Marcus Davenport, Demario um, Davis. Quan Alexander's coming off of an ACL. Lattimore was playing, I mean, uh, Quan Alexander's coming off an Achilles uh, injury. Lattimore was playing hurt. They haven't got Bradley Roby. King Crawley was out. Davenport got hurt mid-game. Um, also, Anya Mata's I, out six weeks. You know, there's a lot of injuries, and they lost some key pieces to that defense. So I can understand underestimating the, t uh, the team. From an outsider perspective of just, like, I'm not as big of an NFL fan as you guys, how would it help? Like, can he, does he have a no trade clause? Or can he still just be traded anywhere? I don't think he has a no trade clause, but it's one of those things where the Packers thought he was done because he was like he the year they drafted Jordan Love, he threw 26 touchdowns to two interceptions, which is still fantastic, if you ask me, um, just not like uh, not like on a godlike tier. So they went ahead and they drafted his replacement, who's deemed to be a bit of a project. And the year after, he comes and wins MVP, 48 touchdowns, five interceptions. Um, and both years, he led the Packers to the NFC Championship. Both years, they lost in the NFC Championship. So on one hand, I've, I've come out and said this. Why don't you trade Aaron Rodgers at the peak of his value and just move on to Jordan Love? You'll get like three first round picks for Aaron Rodgers, which is huge in the NFL. And Aaron Rodgers is 37 years old. Um, I guess they prefer to run it back for one more year. Maybe they feel like they're really close to winning a, a Super Bowl with him. Um, so that's like, that is actually a huge question that's asked. Are we, are um, we, are we good? You don't have to bad out the Jets. Um, I know you're waiting on that loser's column. I mean, 
again, I, like I said before, I, I said this to you before the podcast, the Zach Wilson pick, like he could turn out to be a star. He could turn out to be a stud. I think they gave up on Sam Darnold way too quickly. I mean, this is a guy that's younger than I mean, the it's your I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I don't know. They just gave Sam Darnold a terrible situation, but um, I think it was good for Darnold to move on to. I agree. I agree. But like you finally bring in a competent front office and coaching staff. You like traded three second round picks to move up three spots in the 2018 NFL draft for Darnold. He's younger than the average I, QB. I think Darnold just really needed needed a new situation. You're not lying, but I, I think it was just best. That I don't think you can look in the past of like moves like, oh, you traded this to get Darnold when again, you just said you just brought in new guys. So they, they're going to want their own guy. It happens, they do want, it happens all the time when new front offices does, and stuff happen. So, but, it, uh, but I don't think it's necessarily what should happen, especially when you have an opportunity, when you have so many holes on your team, like on the offensive line, your wide receiver core is suspect, in my opinion. Your defensive line is like getting there. Your defense is kind of getting there. Um, there's so many needs that need to be addressed Man, on that but team. There's, that... there's no hit like hitting on a quarterback, though. Yeah, that's I, the I, whole thing. I agree. You could be you, right. But, you you uh, could be very right. But if Zach Wilson is great, then none of that really matters. I mean, if that's that's a pretty big if. They had an opportunity to speed up their rebuild. I wouldn't say it's like a pretty years. big if. He's still number two pick. I mean, number two picks in the I NFL think they draft have, have, a, uh, have a similar fate as number two picks in the NBA draft. Yeah, until today, Mike. Until the addition of Zachary Wilson. Well, uh, guys, let us know in the comment section down below if you want us to cover some NFL on this podcast. That was a really dope question. And uh, it'll just be you just shitting on the Jets and just me just defending mm -hmm. them. And there's so you having more background knowledge, dude. It's it's way easier to shit on the Cowboys than it is for me to shit on the Jets. Believe me, we're yeah, but the, I don't like, have comebacks. Like, yeah, the Cowboys know, just suck. The problem yeah, is suck. I have no. I I'm like over here googling this most simple things. I'm like, oh, Aaron Rodgers threw for 26 touchdowns. Interesting. Oh, yeah. My, the Jets my... aren't a fun team to talk about either. They're not fun to crap on. Now, if we were talking about the Saints. Oh, uh, people were people were crapping on the Jets last year when it was, oh, Trevor Lawrence. Why would he ever want to go to the Jets? I mean, why would he? Ever... <laughs> Just kidding. Why would he ever want to go to Jacksonville either? <laughs> the Jets are like, have the Jets won a championship? They're like the Cavaliers to me. All right. Well, but with no Bron. It's still the Jaguars. Have they won a Super Bowl? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, guys, make sure you follow us on the Laced Up Hoops Twitter account. That's like the best way you could ask us questions for free without uh, joining as a channel member. But if you do join as a channel member, significantly more perks. You get access to our Discord chat. Guys, how many people are in our Discord right now? There's like literally there's like seven people in no there's like 14 people in our discord in general so this is the best way that you could like reach us talk to us about like anything you want to talk about um it's uh two dollars and 99 cents for laced up silver and laced up gold gets uh gets shouted out gets access to a bonus podcast and gets access to members only live streams where you could come on our live stream and talk to us about anything you want we're gonna try to pump out one of those well how often guys once and one um we're offering lectures one, once from mike corzimba we're offering what? Lectures from Mike Corzimba. <laughs> uh, I'll give right. you a lecture whenever you want. I know, I know, uh, I know you will. <laughs> all right, guys. Closing statements. Uh, Chicago Bulls.
Number five seed. Number five. Remember this. Remember this. Uh, uh, Why are you laughing at that? What's so crazy about thinking a team? No, that nothing, was... nothing. Nothing's crazy right. about that. Uh. Coop? Yeah, Chicago Bulls, five seed. Yep, Chicago Bulls five seed guys. We're laced. You guys up. are nuts. I cannot wait till the Bulls. We agreed with racking, you. Yo, you're toxic. Up yeah, like, what are you talking about? You're toxic, bro. bro. Yeah, we I'm agreed toxic. with you. You're arguing with. Oh my god. You're arguing with yourself. No, we're, bro. We're, there's no. Yeah, you're just like looking for an argument with. We've been podcasting for, two hours. Were they I'm not perky enough for you? I'm not looking for anything.